the Intersection Education Podcast. Schools are the place where different institutions, services, and societal influences meet. In other words, they're at the intersection of children's lives. In the Intersection Education Podcast, we speak with insiders and outsiders of the education world to try to gain new insight and improve our schools. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Intersection Education Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Haley. My conversation today is with Dr. Nancy Wise, who is the Director of French Immersion Educational Consulting Incorporated, based in the Toronto area. She has her PhD in Second Language Education and a Master's in Education in Special Education from the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, or OISE, of the University of Toronto. I've seen her present at conferences including ACPES, which is l'Association Canadienne des Professionnels d'Immersion, or the Canadian Association of Immersion Professionals, annual conference. After spending her career working as a special education teacher and advocating for the educational needs of exceptional students and those with learning challenges, she now runs an educational consulting business that assists parents in either considering French immersion or if they have a child who is struggling with French immersion program. If you like what you're hearing, connect with Intersection Education. You can go to our website, intersectioneducation.com, or follow us on Twitter, at Intersection Ed. We really appreciate it when you rate us on iTunes and leave a review. Here's my conversation with Dr. Nancy Wise. Hello, Dr. Wise. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really uh, interested and I'm really excited to have you on today because um, you are, in my opinion, an expert on one of my passion uh, subjects in education, and that's French immersion and language learning. Um, Tell us, how did you get a start in French immersion? Um, Or was that maybe always a part of what you did in your teaching? I guess it was back in 1988 that I started in French immersion. I'd already been working in the English-only program um, as a special education teacher for four years when I was suddenly offered a special ed position in a single-track French immersion school, which at the time I found intriguing. So after accepting that position and working in the French immersion setting for a number of months, it was really puzzling to me that students who were experiencing difficulty or had special education needs had trouble gaining access to their much-needed support and resources. And as a result, they rarely got support. And most were encouraged to switch from French immersion to the English-only program, a process that they called counseling out. <laughs> and, and parents were told that their children would do better academically if they made the switch. So all these years later, counseling out is still done with many students who are experiencing difficulty in French immersion. Yeah. You know, before we get too far, um, I think that it's probably worth it to take a take a second and just explain 
what exactly the French Immersion Program is. Um, not only for those who might not be aware, but I think that there's also some uh, false ideas around around what a, a true French Immersion Program is. Do you want to give us a, a your not your definition, but the definition of a French Immersion Program? Sure, Corey. The French Immersion is an optional public education program, and it has many entry points, and that varies from school board to school board, but generally there's an early immersion that starts in kindergarten or grade one, there's middle immersion that starts around grade four, and late immersion grade six or seven. When the students enter the program at the elementary level, they're immersed in the French language and at least 50% of the instruction they receive is provided in French. And they can continue in French immersion to the end of high school. And there's been a rising demand for this French immersion program in most parts of Canada. And that suggests Canadian families really seem to place a high value on bilingualism in French and English, or two official languages. And that's a good news story. But unfortunately, the unprecedented annual growth in the French immersion student population has resulted in teacher shortages across the country. And it's causing school boards to use things like lotteries or cap, put place caps on enrollment, neither of which allows equity of access to the program. So that's a huge concern. But there have been many solutions proposed. Yeah, I know that. Um, I know that is a big one, and 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 I mean, <laughs> it's a good news story because it's been so successful, and there are more kids who are becoming functionally bilingual. But but yeah, I think that's a that's a constraint. Um, I'm really interested in your time because uh, as a special education teacher and in French immersion and all that kind of stuff, because I think most people would not equate the French immersion program and special education they would see, at least previously, as you mentioned, that as soon as you had any learning difficulty, it was time to get out. But you worked in in a situation where that wasn't the case, um, and you actually worked with with students in French immersion who, who might have had different uh, learning disabilities or whatnot. Tell, tell me about that and, and, and perhaps some of the settings and maybe some of the influence on your perspective in teaching. Sure. Um, I spent, I guess, a total of 13 years working as a special education resource teacher in the English-only program. And mm -hmm. I worked with students who were struggling there as well as those that were formally identified with special education needs. But my work there really had a powerful influence on my perspective in the French immersion setting because it made me realize that what is essential for some students is often good for all students. <laughs> and, and I later found out that that idea is well supported by research. When I was doing my own research, I read everything I could get my hands on. All the research conducted in the French immersion context involving students who were experiencing difficulty. And most of it showed that when appropriate instructional and assessment practices are in place, there was notable improvement 
in the French Immersion Student School performance. Also, the research showed that in most cases, switching to the English-only program didn't solve the academic problems because their difficulties tended to be pervasive, which meant the problems they were having were really unrelated to the language of instruction. So it became clear to me that this whole counseling out process used in the French immersion context needed to be turned on its head. And I realized that we had to stop encouraging these students to withdraw from French immersion and instead start creating equitable and inclusive learning environments that respond to the needs of all learners. And the tools those students need in order to succeed can actually benefit all French immersion students. And so essentially what I'm hearing from you is the base the base of keeping these kids in the program actually strengthened the entire program. And and I think that that's that's a big message because most people think that if they change their instruction to help out students who are struggling, they're going to they're going to somehow limit or reduce the overall quality. That's right. I mean, if you're giving an assignment and you're Um, making it possible for students to demonstrate what they've learned in many different ways because that helps certain students in your class when there are those kinds of choices. That helps everybody. Yeah. Now, let's talk about that counseling out because I think it's another big problem. We've already talked about some of those, um, the teacher, finding French immersion teachers and all that kind of limitation. But, I mean, French immersion, maybe because of its popularity, is getting a bit of a reputation, or some people um, are calling it elitist. Um, I know that's kind of related, and I know you've got some strong views on this. How would you respond to someone who said, no, French immersion, no good, elitist program, all that kind of stuff? Well, interestingly, it's not just starting to get some bad press. It's (laughs) been faced with charges of elitism for years. French immersion students are so often portrayed in the media as being a privileged group. That's bright children from English-speaking, high socioeconomic backgrounds. And that may have been the case in the initial years of the program more than five decades ago, I might add, and that's certainly not the case anymore, particularly in large urban centers. French immersion students include new Canadians, children from varied language and socioeconomic backgrounds, and students with learning challenges and special education needs. Do we have more work to do to remove barriers that restrict their access to the program? Yes, for sure. We have to make more of an effort to disseminate the research because it shows that with support, most of these students can be successful. Do we have to do a better job supporting students with learning needs? Absolutely. In my view, French immersion students should have access to the same special ed programs and services that are available to students in the English-only program, both accommodations and curriculum modifications to increase their opportunities for success. And I really believe parents have the right to expect that 
their children's educational needs can be supported whether they choose French immersion or the English-only program. Do teachers feel that they have the knowledge and experience to work with this more diverse student population? Some do, some don't. And I think we have to continue to offer teachers professional development opportunities to increase their preparedness to work with students who have diverse learning needs. You know, it's interesting. Teachers who've been around for a while tend to view French immersion as an enrichment program that's not suitable for all learners. And many of those teachers are beginning to retire. Mm -hmm. Young teachers are entering the profession now with a more inclusive mindset. So I'm feeling very optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling optimistic as well. And <clears throat> whereas I think the other big trend that we're seeing is that um, the people who are the newer, younger people coming into the French uh, of the programs not only in French immersion, but other ones, it's, uh, French immersion isn't irregular. They grew up with French immersion programs. It's normal. And uh, I know that for us out here in the West, um, it's that second wave. It's the graduates of the French immersion program now who are becoming teachers. And that's really exciting. It is exciting. Absolutely. Now, you talked about removing barriers and all these kind of things. Maybe you could outline what the perfect French immersion program would look like? If you were to set up a dream program, what are some of the things that would be present? Oh, what an opportunity <laughs> that would be. Well, it would begin in kindergarten or grade one with 100% French in the early years. There would be no limits on enrollment, so no lotteries, no capping. Then there'd be a commitment on the part of the school board to support all learners. And in a perfect world, the school administrators would have familiarized themselves with the research evidence and fully embraced inclusive practices in their schools so that students who most often face barriers in access to the program, that would be students with special education needs, students who speak a language other than English at home, and students from disadvantaged socioeconomic backgrounds, they would have access to the resources they need to succeed. Teachers would feel supported in their efforts to meet the needs of all the learners in their classrooms and would have access to lots of professional development opportunities to help them gain confidence in their abilities to work with students with diverse learning needs. I can only dream about <laughs> this kind of stuff. And it, and it strikes me that, you know, that is a dream and, and there's kind of this duality because some of those things are maybe not present in a French immersion program, but some of those things we're still working on, I think, in schools in general. And so those yeah. are, there's there's kind of the two sides. We can talk about French immersion, but we can talk about what just good schooling and good support of all students looks like, regardless of language as well. Yeah. Now, let's say uh, a French immersion teacher is hearing this interview and uh, hears your description and realizes that they're working in quite the opposite environment that you just described as, as the ideal program. What would you recommend as the starting points to make their French immersion program more equitable? What are, what are some of the first steps that you might suggest to, to improving equitable access? 
Well, I guess in my view, it really all begins with the beliefs and attitudes of school administrators. They really exert the greatest influence when it comes to creating inclusive learning environments, and they have real power to affect change in their school communities. And teachers generally take their cue from school administrators. So if the school principal believes some of the myths that are out there about French immersion, for example, that French immersion may not be suitable for certain students or that students who enroll in French immersion really must be proficient in English or that students who are having difficulty are somehow at greater risk by remaining in French immersion and should switch to the English-only program. If a, pr if a principal believes all those myths, the teacher won't feel supported in his or her efforts to meet the needs of all students and certainly won't feel comfortable challenging the beliefs of the school principal if they want to keep their job. But if the school administrators are familiar with the research evidence and they believe that French as a second language programs are for all learners, they'll expect inclusive practices of the teachers in their schools. And they'll go into classrooms to do teacher evaluations. And teachers will know that the principal is looking specifically for evidence of inclusive practices, things like differentiated instruction in response to student needs and the provision of accommodations and modifications. And these school administrators have the power to promote the teachers who share their beliefs promote them to leadership positions within the school, like lead teacher, resource teacher, literacy coach. And in these leadership positions, these teachers will disseminate the research and have opportunities to influence the attitudes and beliefs and instructional practices of their colleagues. And that's how in my view, <laughs> equitable and inclusive learning environments are created in the French immersion context. I really think it starts at the top, which is why so much professional development is being offered mm -hmm. to French immersion principals and vice principals. Which is great. We talk about access and we talk about all the great things, but one of the things that we didn't say out loud and I think that we need to share is, is some of the advantages of being bilingual, uh, you know, even functionally bilingual, because we're not creating little francophones, we're creating functionally bilingual students. Do you want to give me some, uh, maybe a list of why, what are some of those advantages, just to keep that in mind, why it's so important that we, we create spaces for students to become bilingual? Corey, I'm glad you asked that question. It, it just opens so many doors. Talking with people in their native language removes barriers in communication and helps us understand their world. We can connect with them in a way that wouldn't be possible otherwise. Brain research has received a lot of attention lately, and it's indicated improved cognitive functioning among bilinguals, things like attentional control, mental flexibility, and problem solving. And recent studies have even showed a lower rate of cognitive decline among bilinguals and delayed onset of dementia. 
We know that French immersion programs foster an appreciation of French culture and promote an understanding of French-speaking communities in Canada. Did you know that French immersion graduates have the ability to communicate with native French speakers in more than 33 countries around the globe? (laughs) Studies show that Canadians who can speak both official language earn more, on average, than those who speak only English or only French, and there are more employment opportunities for people who are functionally bilingual. There's just so many benefits associated with knowing two or more languages. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important that we don't forget sight of all of those different advantages, and and those advantages are the same for students who uh, who are good at school, and as well as those who struggle. So that's yeah. that's really important. That's right. Let's, let's get into education a bit more generally, but I, I'm sure that we'll come back to um, uh, to French immersion. <laughs> Is there something about education that you believe is true that that most people or uh, or a large percentage of people would would disagree with you on? There certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think most people, educators in particular, believe that a certain level of French proficiency must be attained by French immersion students. And that this can happen or must happen at a particular rate. Mm -hmm. The fact is that most second language learners reach varying levels of language proficiency and each one gains proficiency at his or her own rate. And I think we really have to get more comfortable with this whole idea. I often ask people to think about something like mathematics. Some students really get it. And some have difficulty. Some students grasp mathematical concepts quickly and others more slowly. Our job as second language educators is to take each student from where they are to where they need to go next and provide every possible opportunity for language development and growth. But my ideas about this are not very popular. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea that we learn at our pace and we just need to make classrooms um, available for that learning to support them where they're at. Uh, And I think that that's not only true, as you said, in in second language, but in math as well. So so let's link that because I think that what you just said is going to be very, um, very close to, to the next answer to this question. That's when you think of a master French immersion teacher. Who or what comes to mind and why? I guess I think of a teacher who's proficient in French, listening, speaking, reading, and writing, has all the professional qualifications to teach French as a second language. I think of someone who believes that French as a second language is for all learners and believes that with appropriate support, most students can be successful in French immersion. Someone who is prepared to engage in inclusive practices and understands the benefits of assistive technology, for example, text-to-speech, speech-to-text, word prediction software, and understands that that helps students access the French as a second language curriculum 
And lastly, I guess someone who is willing to mentor French immersion teachers who are new to the profession because we have to build capacity in our schools. I agree. Let's talk about your own career. Do you do you have a maybe I call it a favorite, but do you have a big maybe your biggest success or maybe your biggest failure that you felt um, maybe informed or shaped your career as a teacher? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> Thank you. I guess um, my greatest success has been turning my research into practice. Mm-hmm. I undertook a PhD program in second language education, and my focus was on students who struggled to learn to read in French. I spent years creating and implementing an early intervention program for French immersion students who were at risk, those who might have reading difficulties down the road, and I didn't want them to have to switch to the English program in order to access that much-needed reading support. The program I created turned out to be highly effective, and after graduating, I was fortunate to partner with an organization called Evoke Learning, who offers the program I created, and they call it Wise Reading, (laughs) to struggling readers outside of school hours. And many French immersion students have benefited from that Wise Reading program, but Importantly, Evoke Learning also offers workshops and webinars to show teachers in Canada, and there's also been some interest in the U.S., how to implement this early intervention program in their schools. Mm-hmm. My biggest failure, hmm, <laughs> probably the length of time it took me to finally realize that counseling out is rarely the best approach for students who experience difficulty in French immersion. And I really must say that I regret the time I spent on school teams encouraging families to withdraw their children from the program during my early years in French immersion. Those children could have remained in immersion, enjoyed all the many benefits associated with bilingualism. As soon as I began to familiarize myself with the research conducted by second language acquisition experts, my ideas about inclusion and equitable equitable access just seemed to take shape. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, get into a few questions where where perhaps the, the answer isn't isn't as lengthy, although it could be. Um, Maybe it's some just some quick hitters, and let's start with with your favorite education related app or website. I'd have to say Special Needs Roadmaps dot mm. ca. It's a website created by two Ottawa moms, Kim Peterson and Heather Rose. They both have special needs children, and they had quite a time trying to get supports in place for their children. So they developed a resource to help other special needs families navigate the public education system to access needed supports for their children. You can find them on Twitter and Facebook. That's great. Do you have a book that you um, that you often quote, refer to, or mark up, or maybe even a something a book that you gift um, to others? 
Uh, it's not a gift so much as an article. Fred mm. Genesee, <laughs> professor emeritus at McGill University, he specializes in second language acquisition and bilingualism. And in a 2007 publication that I read and reread many <laughs> times, he did an extensive review of the research evidence on French immersion students with special education needs and those having difficulty learning to read. He also reviewed some, in, some of the interventions that had been implemented with these students, and his work really inspired my doctoral research. Yeah. I, uh, I remember having a bit of a, a fanboy moment the first time that I met Fred Genesee. So <laughs> I really appreciate that recommendation. Uh, <laughs> what's something that you do every day or most days that you feel keeps you well and healthy? I have to say I thrive on learning new things. I ask a lot of questions. I'm kind of curious. I think we have to keep learning. It's absolutely critical for our well-being. Yeah. Now, what's an organization or person that inspires you? I just ha can't say enough about Canadian Parents for French. They're a nonprofit national network of volunteers who create and promote French learning opportunities, and they work really hard to promote bilingualism. They have branches all across Canada that offer a wealth of information for parents, students, and educators, and I often encourage people to join their organization. Yeah. So... Let's talk about some next steps. What are what are some of the projects that you're working on? What can we um, look forward to, uh, from you in the in the coming months, years? I have to say, I'm just going to continue to try to find ways to raise awareness of the inequities and in access to needed supports for struggling readers and students with special education needs in the French immersion program, so that'll likely involve more public speaking, posting on social media, writing articles. And of course, I often have consultation with parents who, whose children are struggling in French immersion and help them navigate the system, get those children's supports. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to some of those, uh, especially the articles and things like that. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Let's say they're really interested in, in some of the things you said. How can they learn more about you or keep uh, up to date in what you're doing? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or just email me, nwise at frenchimmersionconsulting.com. That sounds great. Well, I want to thank you so much, Dr. Wise, for speaking with us on this uh, really important topic and wish you nothing but the best. Thanks so much, Corey. I appreciate this. That was my conversation with Dr. Nancy Wise. Before you go, I'd like to acknowledge that our conversation happened on the traditional territory of Indigenous peoples, specifically Treaty 6 territory here in Alberta and the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Eshnobeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples in the Toronto area. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.